TVP number 166, Buy Spy, Tips for Staying Free and Effective. I've recently come to intimately realize how many Vanu principles are literally just spycraft and tradecraft tactics reappropriated for these freedom pioneers. Uh, the use of dead drops, safe houses, or Vanu home bases, we call them, uh, synonyms, aliases, alternate IDs, paper tripping, compartmentalization, etc., uh, to name a number of examples. In terms of second realm strategy, the goal is to create plausible deniability. Uh, and at the core, confusion. And from re-examining the JFK case, vis-a-vis -vis the work of Corey Hughes, uh, who you will hear from this week, these tactics are seriously effective. Uh, for that reason, I've decided to republish Free to Link Better's 1991 article covering some similar uh, similar strategies uh, for staying free and effective. And I think, uh, well, actually I do know, uh, that I guess it would have been like three or four years ago, Jason Booth and I did a Patreon exclusive of this, so a few, a few, a few, a few of you might, have, uh, might be familiar with this. Um, but uh, it should be a new one for our general Vanu audience. So, uh, anyway, uh, for everything Vanu, VanuPodcast.com uh, is the place to go for that. For everything, the Free Republic, uh, Paznia.com, P-A-Z-N-I-A.com. Uh, join the Second Realm. Uh, join the Second Realm. There's uh, you know a lot happening in physical space at the time. We just had Vanu Fest three. Uh, you know, made a lot of progress in the homestead. Uh, you know, a lot of uh, you know really, really, really uh, you know great self operators out here. Um, lots of great connections and networking. So. Um, make sure to, you know, if you can, if you're uh, vetted, come out to Veritas Pasnia, check it out, and uh, yeah, get involved with uh, what we're doing here in physical space and time. Um, yeah, lots of uh, lots of good stuff happening. But uh, yeah, with that said, please enjoy it. By Spy, Tips for Staying Free and Effective, by Frida Linkbetter, published in 1991. The U.S. is now the leading police state, imprisoning a larger fraction of its population than does any other nation. As more and more activities are targeted, many people feel their only choices are slavish conformity or paralyzing paranoia. However, my compatriots and I accomplish most of what we want in relative safely. We do so by applying three rules. Number one seems small in importance. Number two, trust only those closely involved with you. And three, minimize time in dangerous situations. These rules derive from the economics of espionage and apply to any society, regardless of the political system. The various police agencies might like you to believe that their agents watch every move, listen to every conversation, and study every letter. But they can't. Though the resources may be large, the world is much larger. They can pay close attention to relatively few. They must choose. They will choose you only if you are an easy target, or if they consider you or your group especially important. Which brings me back to rule number one. Seems small and unimportant. Keeping groups small and numerous, or thoroughly decentralized, not only increases your safety, but by cluttering the field, reduces everyone's risks. Who are important in the eyes of inquisitors? That will vary from agency to agency and year to year. I have no inside knowledge, and if I did, it would be soon out of date. But in general, any activity or group will be considered important if it seems to threaten the established order or any powerful special interest block, and if it is sizable or growing. Such a group will be infiltrated and either redirected until no longer a threat or sabotaged or suppressed. Whether or not an activity is explicitly illegal does not matter very much, because thousands of vague laws grant police broad powers. The announced reason for suppression may not be the chief reason. 
Thus, marijuana is outlawed, not so much to safeguard health or temperaments, most medical researchers believe, as do I, that marijuana is no more harmful than tobacco, alcohol, and many prescription drugs, to prevent a plant easily grown in backyards from competing with established substances. Not surprisingly, the legal drug industry lobbies strongly for suppression of marijuana and other illegal drugs. In the coming decade, the activities targeted will probably include low-cost ways of living. Requiring less income, they reduce tax collections and threaten all who have grown dependent on Uncle Sapsucker. Back in the 70s, there was more redirection or co-option than prosecution. The mass media publicized a few fashionable alternatives, such as $100,000 homesteads, and some self-reliance trivia, such as making your own handkerchiefs, while largely ignoring options offering big savings. But in the 90s, with fewer people affluent, redirection may not suffice. If it doesn't, expect overt attacks. What size groups will be targeted? Looking at the affordable number of spies versus the likely number of targets, I would guess that any disliked group which has more than 20 full-time members or more than 2,000 fans will probably be infiltrated. Individuals will be watched closely if they lead targeted organizations or otherwise stand out. Lesser groups and individuals will be monitored if they can be easily, otherwise ignored. Distinguishing between infiltration and monitoring. An infiltrator is someone who devotes much time to penetrating one specific group or activity. A monitor is someone who attempts to track a number of groups or individuals without devoting much time to anyone. There are other types of agents, such as provocateurs and saboteurs, but they are easier to spot. A large part of monitoring is collecting and correlating information publicly available. But making sense of the data and weeding out disinformation usually requires reports from persons on the scene. During World War II, I read the English and Allies kept the Germans guessing where on the coast they would land by using radio transmissions to simulate non-existing forces. The Germans did not have enough reliable spies within England to determine which forces were real. On-the-scene monitors are recruited mostly from 1. Former police and military officers, 2. Law violators who become spies to gain police tolerance or suspended sentences. Most monitors are single men, or if they have families, do not involve them. Most are good mixers, able to fraternize with a variety of people. But a monitor could be of any age, sex, family, personality, etc. The one trait all monitors possess, as long as they remain monitors rather than infiltrators, is an unwillingness to devote much time to one target. A monitor may claim to be very interested in your activity, but explain that other commitments, a lack of resources or a craving for variety, etc., preclude doing much right now or staying involved for long. This brings me to Rule 2. Trust only those closely involved with you. Looked at either way. Either be very close to someone, or else very distant. Try not to mess with Mr. or Mrs. Inbetween. Looked at yet another way. A few steady companions are usually worth more than are many occasional friends, especially for disapproved activities. Rule 2 weeds out monitors, because monitors cannot devote much time to you, provided you seem small and unimportant, rule 1 again. Rule 2 also weeds out dilettantes and spectators who are usually a waste of time and who themselves may be targets for monitoring, especially if they are gossipy. Involved or close means we work together much of the time or share a large part of our lives. We may not be in love or be very similar, but we respect each other and are able to tolerate differences. The bottom line is, we are very useful to each other. Examples include not only broadly compatible spouses and living companions, but also exceptionally close, by Anglo-American standards, sisters and brothers, other relatives, comrades, and business associates. Those with close friendships forged and tested since childhood enjoy a head start. Ethnic groups which foster close friendships have dominated many illicit activities from medieval money lending to prohibition-era bootlegging and present-day drug dealing. But lacking such a background also has advantages because it forces you to think, rather than just relying on custom and habits. Comfortably distant for me are the readers of this article, 
a clerk at a specialty store where I shop once a year, a fellow airline passenger with whom I can chat about the weather. Uncomfortable and between relationships would include a dependent child who lives with me but who attends public school or otherwise spends much time with outsiders, a friend who wants to meet and talk occasionally but not do much else together. Without limiting myself to existing companions, I cannot avoid in-between relationships entirely, but I minimize them by developing new relationships rapidly and by ending unproductive ones promptly and completely, i.e. either come in or go out, don't loiter in the doorway. Rather than take systematic precautions, some persons just rely on their feelings about others. For me, that is not adequate. Consider, women in general, and sex workers in particular, are noted for intuition, yet vice cops fool many sex workers. In my experience, most monitors can be spotted, partly because they are spread thin and cannot devote much time to one target. For example, one acquaintance professed great interest in my work, yet showed a poor understanding of information about it readily available to him. However, trying to deduce motive is usually unproductive because you can't be sure. Better to simply stay away from those not actively participating. Unlike monitors, infiltrators may be impossible to spot. A top-notch one may be hired and trained to penetrate one specific group or activity and may devote years to gaining trust. I have read. I have no first-hand experience because I avoid groups likely to be infiltrated. Infiltration is stressful because the spy must act convincingly, day after day, month after month, yet remain loyal to his employer. A few spies turn. More edit their reports to protect their new friends. Some develop psychological problems. Some spies are found out and expelled, suffer fatal accidents, or are supplied by the group with misinformation to feed the spy's employer. But intelligence agencies expect losses and lapses. Against an important target, they may send several agents unaware of each other and cross-check reports. No way can a targeted group prevent infiltration and still function well. But because deep cover agents are costly, relatively few groups can be infiltrated. This brings me once again to rule one. Seems small and unimportant. I say seem because what matters is not how much impact your work actually has, but what your enemies believe. Putting rule one another way, be decentralized. A movement consisting of many small autonomous groups may often duplicate effort or work across purposes, but even so, will usually be more durable and effective than one large organization, especially in a hostile environment. A group's optimum size will depend on the activity, but seldom will exceed a dozen near full-time members. If larger, advantages of scale and specialization may be lost in higher overhead, even if the group should escape infiltration. Finally, I come to rule three. Minimize time in dangerous situations. With police, you're in danger anywhere you can be easily watched or bugged, or where frequent or prolonged visits might arouse anyone's suspicion. Though any place within sight of sound of outsiders is risky, some situations are worse than others. You are the best judge of which are the riskiest for you. Advice to dress and act inconspicuously is well and good, but no matter how careful you are, accidents happen. I've had very few encounters with police, which I attribute not to great ability at blending in, but to my spending little time where police are common. Most places frequented by police are dangerous in other ways as well, the prime example being highways. One survivalist seriously injured himself in a wreck while driving hundreds of miles to attend a survival workshop. In summary, you're most likely to remain free and effective if you seem small and unimportant, trust only those closely involved with you, and minimize time in dangerous situations. You've just heard By Spy, Tips for Staying Free and Effective, uh, episode number 166 of the Vanu Podcast. Uh, to read, listen, or watch the Odyssey video, just visit vanupodcast.com forward slash 166. Thanks for listening. 2048. 
the second volume in the Brushfire thriller series, takes place in the not-so-distant future. In the second half of the 21st century, the War of Ideas took place. The creation of second realms and individualist decentralized freedom cells spread across geographical regions, and the practical ideas of liberty, voluntary interaction, and peace took hold. The Free Society in 2048 is loosely based on Samuel E. Konkin III's Phases of Agorism, in which the destruction of the state would be realistically accomplished through the establishment of pockets of free individuals, black and gray markets, and the spreading of the ideas of freedom and liberty, until the demand for an overarching state was no longer perceived as essential, and individualism and voluntary interaction prevailed. The original creators of the Freedom Cells who led the world to a better place are still scattered about living their lives, including Maxine, the late Henry Tucker's love, and the now washed up but stubborn punk rocker Warren still reside in the Appalachian Mountains. Maxine's nephew, Vince, and his boy Tommy, who had been band nomads ever since Tommy's mom left to pursue a materialistic quest for fortune in the never-ending rat race, went to visit Auntie Max on her homestead on Jim Mountain Road. Although Max is very happy for the visit, she has an ulterior motive. Her close friend she met during her revolutionary days, Isaac Hopper, is trapped in a geographical area previously known as New York City, now known as the State Zone. The State Zone is one of only a handful of remnant states where an overarching power-hungry government rules over its citizens with aggressive force. Together, Warren, Vince, and Tommy team up and use their knowledge, including advanced hacking techniques, low-tech ciphers, IRC-encrypted chat, and cryptocurrencies to infiltrate and evade the authorities in the State Zone and bring back Isaac to freedom. But their mission, the rescue of Isaac, Auntie Max's close friend and confidant, isn't going to be easy. They're up against a powerful authoritarian Hydra state, a massive surveillance apparatus, a relentless and murderous police state, and a propaganda arm that will not stop until extremist terrorists known as the Trio, Warren, Vince, and Tommy, are brought to justice. Will the Trio pull off the rescue of Max's longtime friend, Isaac Hopper? Will the forces of good, free individuals, prevail against the safest forces of evil? Find out in the second volume of the Brushfire Thriller series, 2048, available exclusively via Libertarian Attack Publications. Just visit libertyunderattack.com forward slash 2048. Again, libertyunderattack.com forward slash 2048, or snag them both in the Brushfire bundle. libertyunderattack.com forward slash 2048 bundle. Libertarian Attack Publications, share your story, find your freedom.